Do you wanna play a game? Do you like scary movies? Do you wanna eat some brains? Is your chainsaw arm groovy? How bloodthirsty could a talking plant be? Eat your liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Come play with us forever, cause down here we all float. I never drink wine, so you're gonna need a bigger boat. Or a throat to choke, whether you're in the prim or dairy. Got red rum where your blood from, put your dead son in the cemetery. It's him or carry, be very afraid. You'll be our number one fan and get carried away. All working, no play, you know it always means you're in trouble, son. I came to chew gum and kick ass and I'm all out of bubble gum. What if Quint killed Jaws' his father? What if the Bob's body was marijuana? What if the leprechaun got a job as a bank guard? What if the Wolfman had a cowbell instead of Every ours? Every scary movie made since Oscar Wilde was writing letters Had canon to watch them all and tell you how to make them better So put your earbuds in and forget what you're planning It's time to take our heads and shoot them out of a cannon 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 Shoot him out of a cannon. Shoot him out of a cannon. Shoot him out of a cannon. Head cannon. Welcome to Head Cannon. On tonight's episode, we have a very special guest, uh, Mr. Anthony Peterson. Would you like to say hello, introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Anthony. That's Anthony. I always I love the transition into doing the episode because it's we're I'm always like bullshitting with the guests and like hanging out and talking for like. 10 to 20 minutes and then it's like okay now it's showtime <laughs> <laughs> and we're all in like little rooms in yeah. our houses right now yeah <laughs> and i've just been like working all day doing doing like bullshit <laughs> we all have anthony's been varnishing things all day <laughs> hey man Peyton's hard work <laughs> <laughs> yeah so anthony I, I met you through twitter and then you were on another episode of our, our the the podcast that was kind of the precursor to this podcast, Danger Explosion. And it was it was just a blast to have you on as a guest. Uh, people can find you on Twitter at Octopus Caveman. People may recognize you from that uh, and other things. And then do you do you just kind of want to mention real quick, um, you know, where people can find you in your paintings? And I got to say, I love your paintings. I love your painting style, and I think anybody should, you know, anybody listening should go check it out for sure. Thanks, man. Yeah. Um... You know, I've got paintings. I post everything I've got for sale on Instagram. So if anybody's interested in that, or if you want to check out the documentary that was made about me, that's on YouTube. Just look up Octopus Caveman. It's there. Or you can buy my music, whatever. Feel it, stream it, whatever you want to do. It's all good. <laughs> or don't, you know. Free country. <laughs> right. Just download I'm going to get you on Instagram tonight. I can't wait. That's going to be awesome. <laughs> So I, think, I want to be able to say what's up to you every now and then. <laughs> yeah, hit me up there, bud. Yeah. Nice. Well, I'm one of the. I think one of the last times I talked to you, you were talking about the um, that documentary was supposed to have a, a release at like film festivals and stuff, right? Like right before COVID. Yeah. Hit, which, Technically, which... it was in film festivals, but they were virtual, so I have no idea if anybody actually watched them. I was supposed to go have dinner on a boat with all these directors and Eugene Levy. It was going to be so cool, and then fucking oh, no. COVID. <laughs> Damn. That sounds awesome. I love yeah, that guy. I mean, it was going to be awesome. <laughs> 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 fucking COVID. <laughs> and then, but and so it's it's available stuck. on you. It's on YouTube now to check out. Yeah, um, I don't even think the the version on YouTube 
isn't even the completed version of the film. So, like, the completed version of the film has all of these improved edits and stuff like that. So that's shown at the virtual festivals. The one that's on YouTube is, like, a pre-copy I got from the director, Mike. He had uh, uh, mailed me a hard drive with it on it, and so I just threw that up. It's, it's not even the finished copy of the film, but if you want to see it, most of it's there. There's some weird edits and a couple of sound things that didn't get sorted out, but... You know, it's there. Why didn't we talk about that movie? I know it's not a genre film, but still. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we can talk about that movie. <laughs> I still need to watch it, I think. Mm -hmm. the, the, the Peterson cut. The... <laughs> yeah. 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 There's, there's a big hashtag on Twitter. Release the Peterson cut. <laughs> the movie, but with way more nudity. <laughs> <laughs> just, just i used to love that move man back in the day like there'd be like you know some shitty teenage sex comedy and then there'd be like the unrated cut and it would just be like you know three more seconds of boobs or something right <laughs> kids like oh man you gotta see it it's unrated <laughs> right there's i feel like since the advent even... since the advent of the internet like those kinds of scenes in movies are just sort of like meh yeah, I don't need I don't need to see sex scenes in movies. Like, get those from another place. You know, like yeah. you don't have to Early... sell donuts if you're at a steakhouse. You know what I mean? Like, I'm at the <laughs> steakhouse to get a steak. If I want donuts, I'll go get donuts. So, like, you can imply lovemaking, and that's fine. But right, I was never like a Mr. Skin type of dude anyway. But I'm sure those dudes are out there. You know? <laughs> They're probably into it. Like, dude, Scarlett Johansson showed her butt <laughs> in the in middle school. <laughs> maybe early high school so i had a friend that uh, uh did two years of kindergarten because he was in a different state so he was much older than everybody else so he was 18 like sophomore year and we had this dude that would hit him up to go buy him like movies with nudity from best buy for him really so like you could yeah so it was always weird shit it was like striptease and showgirls right remember one was like the the doors he wanted to get the doors because you see uh Meg Ryan's boobs for like a split second. But this guy was just like, you know, porno guy. He was just like, still to this day, I talk to him every once in a while and it's always the same conversation. He's like, hey man, what's up? Like, not much. How are you? I'm good. You getting any pussy lately? Like, whoa. Just like, all right, man. You know, guy you stuff. Know? <laughs> I just, I don't know. I don't know what he wants me to say to that. You know what I mean? Does, like, yeah, dude, it's been, it's been great. You know, like, I don't. <laughs> Right. What am I? I don't want those details from any of my friends. Like, right. you guys been fucking lately? <laughs> right. Like, hit, me, hit me with all the deets. And he used to do this when I was married too. And it's like, yeah, I've, I've been fucking my wife. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah, dude. Like, oh, cool. Right. <laughs> you know. Oh my god. So anyway, how's your mom? You know. <laughs> she, she been getting any pussy lately? <laughs> right. Yeah, and then what are you supposed? Yeah, like you're supposed to go into detail, and he's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, tell me more." <laughs> I used to work at a, at a, <laughs> I used to work at a convenience store, and I had to move the magazine rack because it used to be right up against like the the counter where I was standing, and these dudes would just flip through Maxim magazine and just like talk to me about like the stuff that they saw in it. And I remember one guy was so weird. Brooke Burke was on the cover, <laughs> so this dates it. 
But he's looking at Brooke Burke, and then he turns to me and he goes, I would suck the shit from her asshole with a straw. I'm like, cool. Like, what do you, what do you want me to say to that, man? Like, right. Fucking sounds awesome. So do you want gas or what? Like, I, don't, I don't want I think to he's looking at the wrong magazines. Yeah. Is he just... I keep dude magazine behind <laughs> I mean, is, is he just hope, is like, is he, maybe he's playing the odds, like, hoping that if he says that to enough people, somebody will be like, oh, actually, she's my neighbor's best friend. Maybe I could hook that up. You know, like maybe. <laughs> is that it? It's just like the wild Hail Mary. Like everybody be like, "Hey, man, you know Brooke Burke? I'd really like to fuck her." Right. Oh, actually, that I was. Maxim okay. issue, yeah, she's... that Maxim issue sort of dates it, so that there probably weren't proper online communities for him to have that sort of outlet with, with other gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, I don't. You know, and I don't know. Maybe it was just a weird way of saying he thinks she's hot but that's a really specific and gross thing to say yeah <laughs> you ever you ever think about how people who are into weird fetishes found each other before the internet you know what i mean like if you're into scat porn and you want to you know poop on somebody is that a first date conversation is that a third date conversation i feel like that's something you want to get out there right away because it's like if, if that's your thing right and she ain't interested yeah. You got to just move on right away. And just, <laughs> yeah, and make or break. bulletin boards at the sex shops, remember? Like, that's how, like, people looking at threesomes and stuff would do it. Oh. They'd have the bulletin board, and they would have their picture up there, and, like, maybe a phone number or an address to write to. Honestly, I've never, I never noticed that. Yeah. That but makes I think sense. I was, I was hanging out with yeah. my, like, oh, a dildo. I've never <laughs> seen that before. <laughs> I just up those places before like I was old enough to go to a bar we just go cruise a bunch of adult bookstores and just see how weird they were you're, you're guaranteed a weird interaction with somebody yes <laughs> the person that works there of course and then any creepy person walking anywhere are you the creepy person then like if you if anyone goes in are you automatically the creepy person Maybe, man. I, I remember Christmas going more for just science and... go just going for science <laughs> yes so weirdest Cultural Christmas and social Eve. science. What? Weirdest Christmas Eve of my life. I had nothing to do. But I go to an adult bookstore and I walk in and Duel of Fates from Phantom Menace is blasting in the store. Just, oh, oh, you know, I'm like, whoa. And there's just this cool black dude in a backwards Kangol hat behind the counter. And I was like, did you pick this music? And he was like, yeah, bro. And I was like, holy shit. We just talked for like an hour and a half about Star Wars and like, there was no other customers, just me and this dude having a nice chat about Star Wars on Christmas Eve, you know? Can I ask you a clarifying question? Yeah. The movie wasn't playing, but just the, the soundtrack of that? Just the, the soundtrack to episode one. Nice. Which I, you know, I think is probably the best part of that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> it's very riveting, yeah. Maybe it, <laughs> maybe it makes his, his job, like his shift in the in the adult shop feel more, you know, hardcore when he's listening to that music. He's like stocking Dude, the shelves I mean, like da 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 If you're working graveyards in an adult bookstore, they better allow you to listen to whatever the fuck you want. Like yeah. you know, I'd have a TV in there. Like you can't be horny all the time. Right. You like nobody works at an adult bookstore because they're horny. It's just a job, you right. know? And at the end of the day they're just working retail Dealing with a bunch of shitty, weird customers. Yeah. I would definitely need some cartoons in the background or something. 
Yeah, that place had a weird uh, jerk-off booth that they were like Denny-style booths, like a, a restaurant booth where you could sit like eight around it. Real, real bizarre stuff. I'm sure that <laughs> order, guy... Order the Grand Slam. Night, <laughs> yeah, I mean... It, it, the eggs <laughs> over my handy. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't exactly, you know, packed on Christmas Eve, but... Oh, That's, that'd be the loneliest booth ever on Christmas Eve. <laughs> just, I gotta say, oh. eggs eggs over my handy is is maybe the best joke that's been made on this podcast. <laughs> and it would be so it'd be so ruined if like you're trying to do your business in this fucking booth and and in the background you just hear do 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 do. It would really ruin you. Right. <laughs> or or they have they have like overzealous servers who are like very they come up to you like can I get you anything is there anything else you need and you're like no man I'm 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 busy here like you know are you I'm sure I'm telling you dude I used to it used to just fascinate me to go to places like that it, it is weird to me that with like pornography there is absolutely zero political correctness you know like they straight up call people shemales and trannies and stuff still <laughs> that ain't changing that's a category on like porn site. That's weird to me. Like, like you, yeah. you wouldn't have the N word as a fucking like category on Pornhub, right? <laughs> well, maybe that's change that around. Well, just too bad. If, if you're a trans woman and you want to start like a Pornhub account or you know make some side money or get into the adult film industry, whatever, you've got to select the category for your video that is a slur against you. Right. That's fucking dark, man. That's a bummer. You're right. Huh? It would be a bummer. <laughs> You know, I don't know who to call about changing this stuff, but like, come on, that seems like a real easy fix. Right, yeah. Somebody write a letter to Mr. Pornhub, right? Yeah. Mr. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think Pornhub might, might actually be one of the ones that did away with it, but, you know, I'm an ex-hamster man, and they just do not give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> so Mandy. <laughs> so, wait, what you say? Did you say so Mandy? <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. is this movie any good? Yes. Yeah, so... <laughs> good. Yeah. yeah. So speaking of, so Anthony, uh... Wait, did you just get on? Did you ask us to do? Wait, who... Corey, did you? Ask... Were you the one that went... that brought this movie to the table? Uh, no, uh, Anthony right, mentioned it. Anthony wanted to talk about it. Oh, okay. It's one. It's one of your favorite oh, you movies, want us right? To watch it for you. <laughs> Tell you how it was. Yeah, I keep, I keep meaning to get around it, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I watched like the first ten minutes before we started this. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. No, I I used to watch this, you know, numerous times a week. I've probably seen this movie a hundred times. That's awesome. Mostly, it's like it's the soundtrack, dude. It's such a like I put on this movie while I paint and stuff, just because the soundtrack kicks ass and there's so many just bizarre moments. It's just, it's lovely. Yeah, no, it's a wonderful movie. And so you you we, you brought to us Mandy from 2018, starring Nicolas Cage. Uh, and I, and I gotta say, it's a wonderful movie. I, I I think I saw it first at the beginning of this year, maybe in like January or February. I watched it and then I revisited it earlier this year and yeah i feel like there's so much to talk about this movie but is there anything you want to specifically like a reason you chose this movie or anything specifically that that well, you, you really like I, about I it i think it's weird because we were talking about horror films right now i don't think this is actually a horror film mm -hmm. but i think it's like the, its target audience is people who are into the genre films you know what i mean like yeah like and i think that's one of the things that i really love about it is like 
this is the first time like the female kind of love interest character is a character like this like she's into weird fantasy books she probably plays D D. she's like a weird artist type like that's not usually you know that the main love interest girl that's usually like the best friend you know what i mean that's the yeah. the zoe de chanel character <laughs> like oh i'm playing in my dnd group or whatever but i i love that about this and i think that like a lot of the references and things in the movie it's it's directed at horror fans not necessarily a horror movie yeah but it has elements of it i mean the black skulls are pretty horror-esque yeah, yeah. Well, and, and my, like, especially, like, a, upon rewatching this movie last week, um, I think there's a lot going on. Like, I think it's a, a, a love letter to a lot of things. I think it's, it's definitely steeped in the 80s, right? But it's kind of this, like, 80s, like, a mishmash of counterculture in the 80s, like, heavy metal, D&D, fantasy books... Yeah. Uh, horror movies i mean they live at camp crystal lake so there are like all of these influences and i think uh just to kind of jump into the movie a little bit there's one point where you know so it starts out where nicholas cage is a lumberjack and he's he's chopping down these trees and then he gets in a helicopter and flies off and then he's in his car driving home and and on the on the radio is ronald reagan giving his famous evil empire speech right where he's talking about yeah. the soviet union he's talking about communists and uh kind of most americans oppose pornography and oppose this and that and i didn't get this so much my, the first time watching it but the second time i almost feel like this movie is a combination of everything com conservative america would have feared was taking place like satanism pornography drugs sex all that stuff and is kind of like dialing it to 11 and having fun with that stuff and like uh kind of pushing back you know because you've got this puritanical america reagan's reagan's version of america which is like oh we're all good god-fearing christians like this is the real america and then you have this like other seedy underbelly underbelly of america which is like presented in this movie i don't know i i think that has to be why that quote is there you know from reagan well, it's fascinating that i mean in that moment of him switching it off while he's listening to that in the car it's just this quick moment of that speech and then it's switched off it really tells you this guy is like not into this and he is kind of one of these counterculture people but he's yeah. also it's this thing that we have with this white knight character so in that moment of him switching off Reagan's speech, it's it's telling us, like, oh, he's one of these counterculture people that Reagan would have hated. But throughout the movie, he shows up to be the decent human being, despite being one of these counterculture weirdos, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah, and there's, man, so much to talk about about this movie. For one thing, it was it was produced by Spectrovision, which is Elijah Wood's company, right? It's like his little, his little production company put this together. Have you ever seen uh, Beyond the Black Rainbow? I have not. That's that's this director's other movie, right? That what's this guy's name? Panos yeah. Cosmatos or Panos whatever. Panos Cosmatos. Yeah. His dad uh, directed Tombstone, um, so Pan Panos was kind of an industry kid. Okay. But, uh, Beyond the Black Rainbow is, is fascinating. It used to be one of my go-to like get stoned and put the movie on movies, uh, and it's also set in the eighties and, and very bizarre. But uh, so this movie, when it came out, I was so stoked because I was just like, oh my god, this guy's making another movie. But, uh, it's weird. It's like a, it's a psychedelic movie. Yeah, and I, you don't I see that anymore. Thanos could a, a movie filled with horror elements and stuff like that, that chainsaw fight 
but somehow make it this beautiful piece of art. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. uh, all of the elements of this sound like a bad, you know, like a early Peter Jackson kind of dead alive type of movie, <laughs> but then it's this beautifully like it's slow in places and it like lingers in a really beautiful way and has this, you know, intense yeah. relationship. I just I love it so much. And I also got to say, I love Jeremiah Sands music. <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah! <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> that is funny. It's it's good. I think the funniest thing about it is he wrote a song about how cool of a dude he is. Right. <laughs> right. Like his song is all about Jeremiah is a righteous man and stuff. And you're like, wow. Maybe you think I got to write a song about how rad I am. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I and I think he's he's supposed to be a cautionary tale. Of like kind of a, a narcissist, almost like, you know, what we might refer to as an, uh, not an incel, but like somebody who just feels entitled to other people. You know what I mean? He like feels entitled to other people doing just whatever he wants them to be doing. And then kind of like when Mandy in that scene like starts laughing at him, that's like the ultimate blow to his like his tiny, tiny, fragile ego is just like shattered because this woman starts laughing at him. You know, like I think yeah. that's very intentional. What do you think the black skulls did with that fat kid? They. <laughs> oh, what was that guy's name? They called him something. Uh, what... I can't remember. He so seemed like he didn't fit in with the group. Yeah. So it was like something's happening with this dude, and then all of a sudden he's just drug away by the black skulls you know like oh boy oh they could have a bad night yeah they called him the porker he's like offer up the porker <laughs> i love all the, the like weird D D titles for all of the like weapons and stuff where yeah like yeah. like what is it this is the uh the painted blade of the pale knight yeah i yeah. laughed so hard when yeah I heard that. the the horn of abraxas the, <laughs> the horn of abraxas yeah <laughs> they're all like great book titles for like like shitty fantasy books <laughs> <laughs> well and even even the books that mandy is reading it's by an author named what's her, her it's like natalia tor or somebody her last name is tor um but tor t-o-r is a is a publishing house right yeah they they publish all the D books that i used to write book reports about in like sixth grade <laughs> right oh well, that's great so, i love that detail <laughs> Yeah, so like... All of these tits would be like, yeah, I read Super... Like, I read The Horn of Abraxas. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Right. <laughs> yeah, and, and everything in this movie is just a reference to either a horror movie or heavy metal or, like, fantasy literature. Like, it, and it's uh, it's done so well, I feel like, you know? Yeah. Cheddar Goblin's a little weird. Ch- <laughs> a little unnecessary... <laughs> Yes. It was a fun moment. Yeah. It was great. I, I, I read that that was um that was by the same people who work at over there at um Adult Swim. The, the guy that the guy wrote, who um, did too many, too many cooks, cooks or something like. That. Really? Yeah. Did Cheddar Goblin? Yeah. Cheddar Goblin. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. <laughs> at first, I was like, "Do I remember this commercial from when I was little?" And then it started throwing up mac and cheese, and I was like, "Okay, this was made for the movie." You're like, "No, no way." <laughs> Oh yeah, I love Cheddar Goblin. Cheddar Goblin's so much fun. <laughs> it's just a bizarre moment in the movie. I also like I, I can't remember how long, but there's that like uncut scene 
of Nicolas Cage, like, just crying, screaming, and drinking vodka in the bathroom. Yes. And, like, this movie is Nicolas Cage at his absolute cagey, but yep. it works. Yeah. It's so in good. In fact, I was, like, happy whenever, like, the lights were suddenly on. Even though he was yeah. being like total like batshit crazy, like it was just like okay, this is like a little break from just like <laughs> you know like the psychedelic visuals and music for right. a moment. Right. Well, well, and and some something I read pointed out that oftentimes in a Nicolas Cage movie, he will the 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 way that he acts, and he Nicolas Cage himself has called it mega acting, where it's like it's almost like too much for the movie. <laughs> It's like it's like takes you out of the movie and it doesn't work. But what, something I was reading talked about how in this movie with Panos Cosmatos or whoever the director is, um, how he kind of met his match in somebody who was able to to meet him on that level of just like wild absurdity. And and the movie itself matches a Nicolas Cage performance. You know what I mean? Right. I know an example. Yeah. The movie Face Off. Yeah. There's that scene where he like is either dressed as a person in like a church choir. Okay. Yeah. 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 Or he's, oh yeah. He's like grabbing the butt of the girl in front of him and he's like looking into the sky like. No, he's dressed as like a priest, isn't he? Yeah. That, he is. I right. yeah. yeah. I think. I think I'm right. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? All, mega all of vampires kiss. All of vampires kiss is mega acting. Or the, uh, the the scene in Kick Ass where he's on fire and screaming out the the orders to the little girl. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I got it. And just to, just to touch on Nicolas Cage's acting for a minute, I feel like I've I've come to appreciate his acting a lot more recently. Like I've always loved it. Like I loved Face Off. I loved Con Air. Plenty of movies he's done. But uh, recently, like. He has referred to his own style of acting as nouveau shamanic, like a new style of shaman, shamanic performing, uh, German expressionism, and Western kabuki. Those are all terms he's used to describe his own acting. Um, that was in the GQ interview, wasn't it? Oh, probably. I watch. I read a lot of I stuff. So. Probably that's probably the case. Yeah, I think I think that was in the, his GQ interview. But then, I love Nicolas Cage. I, I, I there are people. Like other people can do some of the roles that he did. Like anybody could be in uh, the National Treasure movies. Yeah, but not like only Nicholas Cage could do something like this. He could do Vampire's Kiss. Like I, I love the man, and even when he's in bad stuff, I feel like he gives it like a hundred percent, and I love that about him. Yeah, absolutely. Have you seen Pig? Yes, I fucking hated Pig. Oh, I have Dude. not. Don't don't ruin it for me. I haven't seen it yet, but don't don't see it. It's a waste of time, man. Britain it didn't it like literally it is, and if you watched it, you would know why, Corey. It's the ending. It's it's just bad. It's everything. It's, just... it's bad. <laughs> I'm friends with I'm friends with Mike May. Like he's been a, a cameraman in the industry for a long time. He's been a director, producer, you name it, right? So he directed the movie about me, and that's how we became friends. After I left Pig, I saw it with my dad. My dad was like, you need to text Mike May and tell him how shit the photography in this movie is just to make sure he doesn't know any of those people. And I was like, will do. Damn, your dad <laughs> is pulling rank. <laughs> yeah. And he was <laughs> – anyway, I'm not going to say what he had to say about it because oh, I don't <laughs> want to blow up this spot. But – but that's how bad that movie was. That my dad was like, 
So call Mike May. <laughs> and tell him how much the thing Oh, no. Okay. Well, I've, I'm still going to check it out, but that's... Yeah, I've heard mixed things about it, so... We warned you, dude. We warned you. <laughs> it's, one of those, it's one of those things. It's like... I think that movie is like the Fleet Foxes or something. Like, everybody who thinks it's cool thinks it's cool just because it's, it's put itself out there as like, hey, this is the cool thing for cool people. Right. But it's actually garbage when you really break it down. My apologies <laughs> to Fleet Foxes. But... <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was going to be like John Wick, but it ended up yeah. being like an episode of like the Monk TV show or something. Like, it had like yeah. that energy. <laughs> huh. There's, yeah, it's, that's it. Walk around and talk to people. The movie. <laughs> that's what it was. <laughs> Right. Well, and that's, and that's, and speaking of the chainsaw survive, well, I really, I want to talk about a couple other quotes. So about Nicolas Cage, Ethan Hawke said that Nicolas Cage is the only actor since Brando that's done something new, moving away from naturalism into a kind of presentation style. Um, and then the director, David Lynch called him the jazz musician of American acting. This is cool. And Sean Penn said that Nicolas Cage is no longer an actor. He's more like a performer. So I just thought those were some interesting quotes about what Nicolas Cage does <laughs> on screen. Those are really nice things right. to say about him. Yeah. <laughs> I don't you know, calling him a, a performer and not an actor is maybe not the nicest thing, but it's I, interesting. A, yeah, I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't know what the intent is behind that, that, that quote, but... Um, but I think uh, the the chainsaw fight is a throwback, is a reference to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre two, and Phantasm two. I think both of those horror movies, there's a chainsaw fight in them. Oh, I'm not aware. I don't know that I. I think this is the the first chainsaw fight I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty thrilling. It was I was yeah. like on the edge of my seat. Right. Yeah. I'm a chainsaw fight enthusiast. Big fan here. Well, and especially oh, yeah. when that the other guy pulls out like a six foot long chainsaw, it's like, what the fuck? Why do you? Wh where did that come from? You know, the choice too for Cage to put down his like cool like metal axe, which by the way, when he oh anyway, <laughs> he put it down to grab the small thing, yeah, and then it didn't even work. But uh, sorry, the, just because I, I'll lose my thought. Um, did you have the same idea like when uh, the same thought that I did when he was like making the axe that it was like. When you go to like um, in Indiana, we have a place called like Connor Prairie, or like one of those like places that look like an old timey village. And there's the and you go to the blacksmith, and the blacksmith like they can't really give him like you know like really like, major hardcore things to do. So he's like pouring things from out of pewter, like, <laughs> pewter cups. Like it looked like that's what he was making. So you thought it was he was like Nick Cage at a Ren Fair. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. I do love that. There's some artistry to that axe that he makes. So he is yeah, motivated by revenge, but he's got enough time that he had to come up with a cool design for his revenge axe. You right. know? Like he did sketches, he made a mold. You know what I mean? Like he was in the wood shop making the molds first. <laughs> Just screaming the entire time about his wife. Yeah. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> Mandy! <laughs> Just swigs from his jug of vodka while sketching out this act. <laughs> well, and I gotta say, as 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 heavily influenced as this movie was, 
And this was one thing, because I expected to read about this movie and read about a lot of references that I didn't pick up. There were a few. There weren't as many as I thought there would be, but apparently the F, the axe that he makes is based around the design for a heavy metal band called Celtic Frost, which I am not familiar with at all, but apparently that F is like kind of their logo. So I'm recording yeah. this too. Okay. They kick ass. <laughs> Pretty sweet. Yeah. Are you familiar with them, Anthony? Yeah. Oh yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice. I'm not. Yeah, I wasn't familiar with them. So. Well, check them out instead of watching Pig. <laughs> you'll be happy you did, man. I swear, you're gonna watch Pig and you'll be like, damn it. Now he's got to. You have to watch it now, and you just because I want you to know. Yes, bring me back and we'll do an episode about this. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking told you. We tried to warn you. <laughs> this whole show, just laughing, just laughing in between us saying, like, we told you so. <laughs> I'm just like, God, I don't want to blow up. God I damn it, why did I waste a whole I, night of my life? <laughs> I got some info about Pig, I'll tell you when we're done here. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> I'll just be like, Pig ripped my shirt. It ripped my shirt. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I, which is the best part of this whole movie. I gotta say, he's like, rip his shirt. you ripped my shirt. It was Man, like this the story right. channel that from was Con Air. When like the guy had to, had the little girl's bunny rabbit or something like that. His daughter's Put bunny rabbit. Bunny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. I also love that, you know, they lit her on fire. Yeah, the cagiest. It's the cagiest movie of all time. It's very cagey. That's true. Well, and there was one, especially the scene where we first meet Jeremiah Sand, and he so he sees Mandy right. They're driving down the road, and he sees Mandy, and then he's laying there talking to Marlene or whatever her name is, and then he's like, he's like, I said, go fetch me, brother Swan. I was like. I was like, is this dude trying to out Nick Cage, Nick Cage? Like, <laughs> you know? Yes. Dude, I, he, that guy is phenomenal. I don't know his name off the top of my head, but that guy is so great in this. And it's so weird to see him as Bruce Wayne's dad. Because yeah. it's just such an opposite energy, and he nails both. It's just so great, you know? Yeah. No, that's great. His name is Linus Roach. Yeah. That's it, yeah. Hats off to Linus. That guy... What a performance, man. Jeremiah is just spectacular. Yeah. Yeah, and I didn't recognize him in this movie. And I also didn't recognize the chemist, who's also in Batman Begins. He plays Joe Chill, right. right? The guy that killed yeah. Batman's parents. That guy's in a ton of horror movies. Yeah. That guy, uh, he's in. He's even in uh, um, some of the Rob Zombie films. and I mean, that guy, he's just like... Oh, really? like 
the whole scene goes by without Nick with Nicolas Cage not saying a word. Um, I I wonder if that was part of um, you know he had this desire to always do a silent performance in a movie. Oh really? Yeah, and I wonder if he had kind of pushed for that because then shortly after this he did that completely silent uh, film, right? He did the. Uh, not a silent film, but a silent performance in that like Wacky Willie's Wonderland. Oh, you I haven't that seen, seen that. The trailers for it. I haven't seen. I yeah, I know what movie you're talking about, but I haven't seen it. Yeah, he's like a, a janitor at a Chuck E. Cheese, and all the guys yeah. come to life, and he has to fight them. It's <laughs> not a great movie, but it's it's fun, and it's a silent performance. But I, I wonder about some of those things. Like I'd heard, there's kind of the the Bruce Lee neck snap that I heard was kind of his idea, and Panos went with it. So. I feel like maybe they were just a good partnership and Cage would come up with this weird shit and Panos would figure out how to make it cool. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Where like, whereas another director might've been like, no, this fucking, this does not work in my movie. You can't like just Bruce Lee snap a motherfucker's neck and Panos is like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, we can work. We can figure this out. Yeah. See, but here's, here's what I think. Nick Cage must be a really fucking great guy because Another person who makes really weird requests and choices is Crispin Glover. Yeah. That guy doesn't work very often because apparently he's kind of a dick about it, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, I had heard in Back to the Future at one point, he just kept not standing within the lines that they were, like, filming him. He was like, oh, well, George McFly doesn't want to stand here. Like, okay, but we need you to for the movie. Right. Yeah, we're making a movie. Yeah, character would do. You know, like, that's that's weird to the point where you're kind of an asshole and tough to work with. So Cage must be, like, a really cool dude that he keeps getting work, you know? Yeah. Didn't, didn't Crispin Glover think, he thought the whole premise, like, after, after filming it, I think there was a thing where he was like, I don't want kids to think that you could just, like, go back in time to fix everything. Like, he, he was, like, this <laughs> proponent of that. What? Yeah, after the fact, like, didn't like the message of the movie after it came out. <laughs> wow. So I want to ask Brent, what is that shirt you have on? Is that the Nicolas Cage tiger shirt? I don't know why I didn't think to wear it, but I, I, as we were talking, I was like, "Oh yeah, I have a shirt that's got a giant tiger on it." It's sweet. <laughs> it's, it's when I taught third grade. I, I taught at a school whose mascot was there were the tigers. That's all. Well, I want to ask you guys Sorry. because because Nicolas Cage wears a tiger shirt at one point in time, right? Yeah. And then when yeah. he goes to see the chemist. He, he, like, identifies with the tiger. The chemist lets the tiger go. And then toward the end, there are some paintings, some drawings that Mandy has done. And it's kind of Nicolas Cage as this furry, really. He's, like, as a tiger furry. And, yeah. and the movie doesn't really go in, like, super deep into this connection between Nicolas Cage and a tiger. Um, but do you guys have any thoughts about that or, or, or what the, the deeper meaning might be there? They let the tiger out of the Nicolas Cage, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I, think, yeah, I think it's clear, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously. Obviously. What I want to know is the Eric Estrada joke. Yes. That was not written, right? Like, this is some shit Nicolas Cage thought up on set, right? It has to be I have to think so. So he goes, uh, when he first shows up at, at his house and greets Mandy, he's like, yeah. knock, knock. She's like, what? Knock, knock. Who's there? Eric Estrada. Eric Estrada who? Eric Estrada from Cheers. Yeah. <laughs> a weird non-joke yeah. with a strange delivery. It's it's everything I love about this movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's so weird. Yeah. 
It's so good. Yeah. Just like the whole setup. I'm just like, because when you meet like the, the black skulls, you would swear that, okay, this is where the paranormal is. This is where like the actual, the monsters are. But then as you go through it, it's just like, everyone is just tripping. All the yeah, time. They're, they're just high. Everybody's high. Like you said, like the, the, the chemist is just putting his fingers. Like it's, it's, <laughs> it's, so, it's so weird. Yeah. Well, I think well, it's something I read that was talking about how, especially Mandy, because I think she's such an empathetic character. You always like you see her reflected a lot in other characters. Like in that scene before she starts laughing at. Jeremiah Sand, right, and and uh, kind of cutting his balls off that way. You kind of see her face reflected in his, yeah. and and like, like deep faking her. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. And in much the same way, like I feel like her description of Jupiter being her favorite planet, and the raging storm on Jupiter is like her feelings toward Nicolas Cage and how he's kind of this like raging storm, right. And then his feelings of uh, Saturn being his famous, his favorite planet before he he finally mentions Galactus is kind of like the the mythic beauty of Mandy is like kind of reflected in his choice in Saturn as his favorite planet. You know what I mean? I uh, I heard a I heard that Nicolas Cage like he lives in Vegas. Apparently, in his downtown time, he likes to just like hang out at a comic book store and talk to people about Ghost Rider. Like, he's a big comic book fan, so he just hangs out and like talks about the characters and stuff that he loves. So nice. I, I, just, I wonder. Yeah, I wonder about the Galactus thing. If that was also a note from Cage, like. Right, and and that's that's why this is such a beautiful marriage between him and the director. Like, maybe it's just a random like maybe Nicolas Cage just brought it in, but it also fits into this like eighties nostalgia like counterculture. Right. You know what I mean? And and yeah, speaking, he's got this weird ass joke about Eric Estrada. It's not funny, but we're gonna put it in. Right, it why fits. Not? It fits. Yeah. <laughs> well, and especially like during toward the end of the movie, he. Is it right before the chainsaw fight or maybe right after the chainsaw fight? He like pulls a chain out and he's like swinging this chain around and using it to fight. And I, I almost I was like, I ha- I have to think that's a direct, you know, nod to Ghost Rider where Nicolas Cage is like swinging a chain around, you know, those Ghost Rider films are only watchable because of Nicolas Cage. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're they're not good. They're not good, but they have Nicolas Cage. So, yeah. <laughs> what a career, man! But uh, so to kind of jump back to the beginning of this movie, I thought it was interesting that, and I wasn't sure when I first watched it. I wondered a while about how the quote from this movie was from a murderer. It's a convicted murderer who says, "Let me find it." When I die, bury me when I die. Yeah, yeah. When I die, bury me deep. Lay two speakers at my feet. Put some headphones on my head and rock and roll me while I'm dead, right? So, like, I mean, that's a badass quote. Like, it's badass, right? But I was like, why would this director choose to like glorify this this murderer? Because he's like just like a random dude who killed a dude, right? But but it seems to line up with this like kind of pointing out the hypocrisy in Reagan's 
moral majority where he's like, we're this majority of like moral Christians who live this kind of way. But then also we have things like the death penalty where we murder people. Right. And I don't know. That's kind of how it like fit in. Cause I was like, why would he have this quote in here from this like objectively bad person who is a murderer? Like granted he said something cool when he died, but, but he's like a piece of shit murderer. Right. So I, I was really curious as to why he would include this quote. And the only thing that makes sense is kind of like as a juxtaposition to the inclusion of Ronald Reagan in this, you know what I mean? Like, Please do me a favor and pull up, if you can, Eileen Wernos' last words before she was sentenced to death. Please. Because this woman was put to death, and she was deemed sane and sane to stand trial. And if you can, please pull up her, her last words, because they are clearly not the words of a sane woman. I'm pulling them up right now. Is it? I'd just like to say I'm sailing, I'm sailing with the rock. And I'll be back like Independence Day with Jesus June 6th. Like the movie, Big Mothership and all, I'll be back. Yeah. What? They killed that woman that day. She said that, and then they said, okay, time to get you onto the bed. Right. Okay. <laughs> dark, man. Like, and she did some messed up stuff, but like, I don't know. You know, like, I'm not a big fan of the death penalty. And you know how many people fucking for their last meal get like kfc or a big mac like if you really like if you're like yeah for my last meal i'd like some mcdonald's i'm like man like you haven't lived enough to even put you to death yet you think that's the best right that's as good as it gets as a big mac right yeah i totally agree dark man and so you know like people always have the conversation about like your death row meal what would it be and they're like oh yeah i'd get some lobster and i'd get some steak I found out a lot of these places, it's like, you can get anything you want that costs under $20. Yeah. Really? That's bad. Yeah. Like, I'm going to put you to death and put thousands of dollars worth of chemicals into your body. You can have an $18 meal. <sighs> Fuck, uh, look, I've got a question. It's kind of dark. Do you think that you could even finish that? Like, just knowing what's about to happen? You know? Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I don't could. know if I could even eat. I, I don't know if I could, yeah. Well, and he here's the interesting thing about this guy. I'm trying to find his name, but he was like, he was like so sure. Like he apparently he turned out to be very religious. He ordered a ton of food, and he was like, he was like happy and jovial all the way uh, until his execution. And he was just like lit up. He was like, yeah, I I fucked up. Like I killed a dude. I probably do it again. But I've been in jail. Jail sucks. You know, I'm ready to move on to the afterlife. This guy's whole thing was like, yeah, life is shitty. I'm ready to go on. Like, I'm happy to do it. And he was like, he was like totally happy up until the point of like execution and was like ready to go and happy about it. You know, that's dark. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yes. Imagine, imagine if he didn't do it. (laughs) I think he did. I don't know that there was any question. No, that's, one, <laughs> that's one thing. One thing about this guy is I don't think there was any question that he did it. He was very clear when he said, <laughs> he was, I didn't kill the person. Yeah. sucks. No, I think he was like. <laughs> I mean, there are, have been people that have been put down and, and work completely innocent. They get exonerated after the fact. There was yeah. one guy recently, I think, in Georgia. Go back to his last words, and he's like, 
His last words are, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I am completely innocent. I didn't do it. And then like, oh, now new DNA and evidence exonerates him. And the governor's like, well, I mean, it seemed like he was guilty. So I don't really have any regrets. Like, ugh. Yeah. No, there's, oh, there's. I'm not a fan of that. It, it's just, it's spooky, dude. That can happen to anybody. You, yeah. Like hear about people signing false confessions and getting convicted of stuff they didn't do. And there's evidence against it. And I just, you know, I don't, I don't feel cool about the death whether or not somebody did it or not uh, you know it's just, yeah it's because the guy the guy that court was talking about is right it prison sucks yeah you know, <laughs> right so if they did it yeah no i'm yeah I'm, I'm completely against the death penalty yeah hard hardcore so although i did i've been watching these videos of this guy he's in prison right now um what's the popular one in new york it's um rikers <laughs> island right <laughs> he's got a cell phone and he does podcasts, man, video podcasts on YouTube. With and he shows, he'll even show a couple of times. He showed his, he's got like three cell phones that he's used, that in his possession. And he's like, he's he's pretty much going to be there for like years and years and years. But he has these like cool like videos, and he'll he'll talk about how what Thanksgiving is like in prison, and it's just him. And you can see there's like a bed sheet like covering like his bunk. He's got his own cell. And he just sort of like, not a whisper, but a very low voice, just like does these podcasts from prison, and they have no idea. Huh. That's crazy. This is Rikers Island. I, I that's, the thinking about it now, that's a, probably a lie. What? I, I had a cellmate that had a cell phone in, in jail. I, I never went to prison prison, but yeah, I don't know how he got that thing in there, but he'd be texting his wife and stuff. <laughs> I got offered meth like day one, like any of the shit that I don't like, I could have gotten in jail. Bruno and meth, abundant. <laughs> when I got out, I got out with this guy who was in solitary, where it's just you and another dude, you know. And he said uh, his cellmate came in there and he had a bunch of meth up his butt. So he was telling me like, yeah, this guy got in there and for the last three months. It's just me and this other guy in a cell, and he was like. I gotta tell you, when it's just you and one other dude in a cell doing meth all day, things get weird real fast. <laughs> it just made me think of the Simpsons episode where Homer and Mr. Burns in the little cabin, you know, like having their imaginary snowman soldier fights and stuff. Like, it had to get real weird, man. Oh, weird. Man. You know, the one thing that that's like really strange about jail that's not so bad. Is yeah. like there's no stall doors, so in the morning, like everybody just kind of you're in a line of toilets, just chilling there, taking a dump together, and you just kind of talk about the morning and your news and what's going on in the day. Like, sweet man, we're getting you know uh, eggs and you know biscuits and gravy for breakfast or whatever. Like, it's kind of a nice part of the day. Like in the morning, just taking a dump with your bros, talking it out. Like, you know, no one's bothering you. Yeah, well, really? I mean, you're all there together, but I don't. You know, taking a dump shouldn't have to be a shameful experience. You right. can take a dump with your bros. Right, everybody talk does about it. The morning. Yeah, I, it was you know, it was weird, but it was weird because it was like this isn't that weird. Oh, I feel like other societies like weren't there like didn't they have like Roman rooms where that like all the Romans would just all sit in a room and take a shit together. Like, made old hands. Free cell phone. It's kind of nice. Like you'd have a chat with a dude while you're in there. You know. Yeah. You t that's where all the like the posters up were up for all the goods and services. So you'd sit there and take a dump and talk to the guy next to you and like, you know, so this guy's doing haircuts. Is he any good? And like, 
hey, two soups for a blowjob. What a steal. It's right. kind of like looking at the morning paper. Right. He's like, he, he shaved my balls. Take a look. Yeah. <laughs> this is there's, a weird, there's a weird lack of shame that's almost a positive thing in there, you know? Yeah. Huh. Everybody sucks and everybody knows it. You know what I mean? Like, that's a different thing. Like, people are still shocked when people are turn out to be bad dudes. Like, wait, everybody sucks. Everybody sucks yeah. somehow. Yeah. You know, in jail, you know how. It's like, well, this guy killed his grandmother. Yeah, he fucking sucks, but he's got a great joke about Eric Estrada, you know? <laughs> nah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I dig it. Like, prison's the great equalizer. You're all... <laughs> yeah, it really is. It sucks for everybody. And, you know. Do you still keep in touch with any of those people? Not a one of them. Fuck them all. Yeah. They're all the worst. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. They all, they no, all I, killed their grandmothers. No, I, I, never got, I never got to know anybody that well. There was a, you know, one dude that was pretty cool to me. He was from the South. He was like this uh, <laughs> Southern magician. He, he used his time in jail to learn all kinds of like street magic and stuff like that. Hell yeah. And, uh, so I talked to him sometimes, but it was real weird because he was super racist. We'd play chess and checkers and stuff, but he would just randomly go on these like weird white power tirades and stuff. <laughs> but he was Southern. And I remember the day I got out, uh, he came running up to me and he handed me a, a bouquet of toilet paper flowers he had made. And he, <laughs> he like, pulled them out of his butt? No, he, he colored them with markers. So they were all colored and, and just toilet paper origami flowers in this like sort yeah. of toilet paper uh paper mache vase he made and he was like uh like hey man you getting out today and i was like yeah and he's like i ain't queer or nothing these are for your wife and he was like don't go home empty-handed man so yeah i, I took those home to my wife and was like i got some weird stories for you <laughs> so how long were you in there 30 days 30 days i was in there for uh, uh driving on a suspended license and nobody believed me because I was sent to maximum security wrongly. Right. So I'm in there with a bunch of dudes who are serving oh, out the last fuck. three years of their prison sentences. Because in California, that's just the way it goes. Like, your last three years, you served it in jail. So I'm in there with all these dudes in there for, like, violent crimes and assaults. And they're like, what are you in for, man? I'm like, driving on a suspended license. And they're like, bullshit. Why, you, why won't you tell us the real reason? Right. Like, that's the reason, dude. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Right. Like, why aren't you in county? Like, I don't know. I got fucked. Like, this sucks. This is horrible. Damn. Yeah. It, it really sucked ass. And everybody was like, well, if you're just in here for driving on a suspended license, you're going to get bounced out. And so the entire time I was there, I was thinking, any moment I'm getting out. And it just, you know, every day it didn't happen. It started to build this anxiety of like, oh, I'm going to be in here forever. Jesus. And they lied to me when I when I went in. So I got I got the sentence by a commissioner, not even a judge. And he was a fill-in. So he had what I was doing and sent me to maximum sentencing. And I called the jail to find out about my surrender date. And they go, oh, why don't you do the work really? I'm like, well, what's that? I'm like, oh, well, you just come in here on your surrender date. You fill out some paperwork. You go home. And then you just go pick up trash in the park on the weekends or whatever. I was like, well, that sounds sweet. I'll do that. So uh, about a month goes by, and I go to check in. And uh, I tell my wife, like, yeah, I'm just going to go and sign up for the work release. I'll be home tonight. And I walked up, and, uh, and I was like, yeah, I'm here to sign up for the work release. And the guy in front goes, yeah, just follow my dudes over here. They're all doing the work release, too. 
So I what? followed him, and then the door slammed behind me. The the one uh, sheriff oh. goes, Pedersen. Like, yeah. He goes, you're staying. I go, no, I'm just here to sign up for the work release. And he goes, we don't even do that. And all the cops just start laughing. What? And so, and you oh were just, God. and you were just gone for a month. money on me because i just like showed i didn't have any money to put on my books i thought i was there for 15 minutes dude so i just drove down to the jail real quick to like you know <clears throat> it was the fucking worst wow. and uh yeah like the sheriffs that are in there are fucking dicks to everybody like there was this 18 year old kid that came in at one point and he was you know so depressed and scared and he uh interest in self-harming so somebody reported him to the deputies and drug him out in the middle of the night popping, and they were like yeah you think it's funny to fucking pretend you're gonna kill yourself you're gonna about to see the deepest darkest hole this jail has motherfucker as they drag him out sobbing i'm like man they used to wake us up in the middle of the night blasting that like uh that eiffel 66 song but oh. I'm blue. Blue, da ba da Oh, no. I just thought that was fucking hilarious. God damn. In the middle of the night. And then they would just, like, come on the intercom to, like, laugh loudly at us when we were all waking up. Like, what the fuck is this? The sheriff's force in the basement. Somebody had been stealing mayonnaise packets from, like, the, the dinners, you know. So one night, it's pouring rain. And they decided to strip search everybody. But they didn't search anybody. We were just coming back from dinner, and they go, all right, everybody take off your clothes. So we're standing in the rain. We take off all of our clothes. We put them in a pile in front of us. And the guy just stood there and stared at us and let us get all good and wet and get our clothes soaked. And then just goes, all right, put them back on. Go to bed. Like, that's shit that's happening now in jail. That's it's not cool. It fucking sucks. Yeah. This is hard to hear, man. Yeah. They don't need to make it be that shitty. Like, no. it sucks that bad without the extra stuff. You don't need to go <laughs> out of your way. Like, right. people are fucking serious, dude. Well, and that's. And, and the and, shitty thing is, is if you want to be a sheriff, at least here in California, that's where you start. Right. So like, that's your training. Right. You learn how to be a piece of shit to people, and then you can go off and go do other gigs. Right. No, and that's and that's why it's 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 hard not because like I recognize because I have family members or like extended family members who are like kind of in the criminal justice world or whatever. But it's it's hard to be like no man like fuck the criminal justice system like fuck cops fuck like de the death penalty for sure and like this whole system is just shitty. It's like out of control. And it's not for the benefit of anybody. It doesn't help anybody. What's the point of it, you know? I got a buddy who's a psychologist in the jails now. So I get all of the, uh, the stories from the other side. He watched a man eat his own eyeball. Dude was uh, facing a murder charge and wanted to get bounced out to a psych ward instead. And nobody was buying it. And the dude figured out a way that nobody would, uh, would ever question his insanity plucked his own eyeball out and ate it when i went to um vincennes college here in indiana there's like a big maximum security prison nearby and i was a, a social work major and we got to we took a field trip in college to the prison and that was like the best the best um field trip <laughs> i had ever been on so we like walked out like into the yard where there was like a, a like a, a caged hallway you know through the yard 
like the men were like yelling at the the ladies and, and we go into this other place and we start to go down this corridor and we reach this like um like four-way four-way stop kind of looking like hallway and immediately we get hit by this the fumes of bleach just bleach and this cop goes you can't go down there a guy just stabbed himself in the testicles with his toothbrush what <laughs> we're like god damn See, I don't, you know, that's the part that really gets me is like, you know, uh, the, the, mental sheriffs, the sheriffs in the jail suck, but you know what? The inmates fucking suck too, you know? <laughs> Everybody sucks and it's just the worst. Yeah, it's like those videos you see on YouTube of like the people screaming at like the McDonald's person, the cashier. Like, it's like, you know, mental health is like such a huge issue amongst human beings and it's, it's you're just rallying so many of those people in in the prisons and jails. So I almost got the shit kicked out of me in jail by the other white guys. So when I first got in there, I got put in a uh, in a bunk with these two old white dudes, and they were like fine. They seemed nice, had no clue what they were in there for, but uh, they just slept a lot. And they were like, man, like the longer time you have, just sleep more. You know, like just get a lot of sleep. You get out of here, you'd be skinny, you'd be rested, you'd be sober. You know. <laughs> Sleep so I got bounced off. out to another bunk where uh, I was in a bunk with a bunch of Mexican dudes, and they were cool. Uh, but at one point, I, I had to have a talk with all the other white guys, and uh, they were like, yeah, we see a lot of new faces here, and we just want to make sure everybody's down to fight for their race. And my dumb ass, I'm like, look, I'm only here for like 10 more days. So, like, you guys seem cool and all, but I'm not doing anything to add to my time. Like, I'm in here for driving on a suspended license, man. You know? <laughs> they had a business meeting. Right, you're like, I don't give a shit about white people. White guys. So they, uh, the guy was going to beat my ass, but he had to get permission from, like, the head white guy, who happened to be the old dude that was my cellmate when I first came in there. And that guy was like, dude, he's in here for driving on a suspended license. Like, he doesn't need to get involved in our jail politics and shit. You know what I mean? So the guy who wanted to beat my ass came to me on the day I was leaving and told me this. Was like, hey, man, you're really lucky because, like, we were pretty unhappy with what you said the other day and stuff. And I was like, man, I'm driving on a suspended license, dude. Like, <laughs> Wow. You're like, I'm not trying to join the Aryan Brotherhood. like, Right. But, like, I think other people in that situation probably just would have, like, gone along with it and been like, yeah, totally. But my dumb ass, I'm like, well, I'm going to be honest because these guys probably deserve to hear the truth. <laughs> I don't know, man. Have you, ever, have you ever had, like, a gym membership? Like, during the Aryan Brotherhood, it's probably pretty hard just to, like, say, like, oh, I only got 10 days left. Like, you know? <laughs> Let me do, like, if I'm standing there seeing somebody from another race beat up a white guy and he's, like, looking at me for help, I, you know, like, I just want to make it clear, like, look, dude, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to help out. Right. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I'm with you guys for like a few more days and then fucking have a nice life, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Holy not even Jesus. supposed to be here today. <laughs> oh, Anthony, this is a horrible story. I'm so sorry, man, this happened to you. I mean, it's a great it's story, crazy, to be quite man. honest. But this <laughs> I should have just been in and out of county in a couple of days, but that fucking commissioner didn't know what he was doing. Oh, man, you must have been so fu I I'm sorry, not you. Anyone would be so fucking scared to, like, just have, like you said, like, you went in thinking you were just going to be in and out of this place and this work release so, thing. 
the whole story is wild, man. So I, <laughs> I got fucked at every every chance. I got a DUI for being on my prescription uh, anxiety pills. I took Clonopin. My blood yeah. alcohol content wasn't even on the paperwork. So it wasn't about alcohol. It was because I nodded off on Clonopin while driving. Like my pres- my prescribed amount. Like I wasn't abusing yeah. the stuff. But because I got into a car accident, they're like, well, that's a DUI. So I get the DUI. Oh. I get a breathalyzer installed in my car. And I do these DUI court classes, right? So I'm going to those. And I'm supposed to do 100. And even I'm not guilty of the DUI this time. I thought, I don't really do this right. I'm going to go to all the meetings. I'm not going to forge the signatures like everybody else does. So I do my 100 meetings. And they're like, all right, well, you're all good. We're going to move you on to phase two. And then they count them up. And they go, oh, you only have 99 meetings. And I go, well, that's fine. I'll just go to one tonight then. And they go, that's, you can't do that. We have to say you violated. Uh, so they violated me at the court program, which made me lose my license for a week. In that week, I was working. I got pulled over by a sheriff for talking on my cell phone when my boss called me. So he wrote me the ticket for driving on a suspended license, which then oh. ended me in fucking maximum security jail. It was like every step of the way, things went as wrong as they could possibly go. So I was just sitting in jail just like, this is just like, you know, a fucking great story. Jesus Christ, man. That's fucking wild. It that's... was a bummer for like five years. It sucked real Indeed. bad. Dude. Oh, man. That's like, I mean, that. God damn it. It's. Fuck, man. But I got to say, American jail, way better than Mexican jail. Yeah. <laughs> do you, do you, do you, are, are you familiar or just stories? Yeah, no, I've, I've been to Mexican jail. It was the worst, worst three days of my life. Really? God, well, can I hear about that? <laughs> oh, dude, That's it's bad, bad, man. <laughs> yeah, it's worse than... Okay. Uh, it's, it's, I mean, because it's not funny, but it was, uh, it was heavy, so I was... Right at the beginning of my divorce, and I used to sell caps and gowns, and I travel all over. So I was by the Mexican border, calling on schools, stuff like that, and uh, staying in a hotel down there because I was hitting all these schools. So I'm drinking at the hotel bar, and uh, they're like, yeah, we're closing up for the night. It's like 9 o'clock, and they're just like, well, it's dead. So I was like, well, where else can I go get a drink? And the guy was like, well, I mean, you got to go to the other side of the border around here. I was like, man, I don't want to, like get wild i just want to have a drink and he's like well i know this place it's cool you know you just walk across the border have a few drinks come back over no problem so i did that and i went to this bar and the bar was cool it was awesome it was just a really nice uh you know it was like mexican cheer and uh walking back across the border <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i'm walking across back uh, to go back to the american side and somebody smashed a bottle or something over my head hit me over the head and uh, robbed me and left me in the street bloody cops found me took me to jail so i wake up in jail covered in blood from this wound massive concussion and uh and i started asking for a phone call things like that nothing nothing they're just like this isn't america you know like you don't get a phone call like what do i do like i need to go to a hospital like look at me you know and you're in like a, like you know like a twenty by twenty concrete room, no uh, no furniture in there. Everybody just kind of sleeps in a pile like a bunch of puppies. But uh, the water for everybody was just a two liter bottle of Coca Cola that they'd fill up with water and then toss in the cell for all of us for the day. The food was like cream of wheat, but I didn't get any because I'm white. And uh, everybody else like the families feed the prisoners down there. So you'd have these moms come in. 
they'd be like, oh, I made chicken for everybody. And they would, you know, hand out the, oh yeah, they just pass it around to everybody. And moms would come in, bring cinnamon rolls, stuff like that, pass it out to the other prisoners too. But not me because I was the white boy. <laughs> so, uh, at one point it was real weird, man. There's a door to the outside and just a bunch of puppies walked in. I know that's really unbelievable, but all these puppies came in and I'm watching these guards shoo these puppies out of the door. It was weird as fuck. So one guy finally came on that uh, I was able to, you know, talk with between my bad Spanish and his bad English. And I convinced him that I would wire him $1,000 if he could get me out of jail. So he took me out through the back, through the, like, door they took the puppies out, around down this hill, and we get into his, like, personal vehicle. It's like a Chevy Blazer. And uh, he's just driving with me through the night. I have no idea where I am. I'm just somewhere in Mexico. And uh, he lights up uh, this weird, uh, he has weird Marlboros. They were like a menthol clove. Never had them before in my life. But, you know, I had smoked in three days. So I was like, let me have one of those. And it was weird. Uh, he took me to a Western Union place at this drugstore where a guy made me give him uh, my address and uh, all kinds of personal information about me, my social security number, things like that. And they said I had uh, 24 hours to wire them $1,000. And knowing I wasn't going to wire him the money anyway, I was just kind of like, well, you got to give me 48 hours. Because <laughs> I was like, i got to go to a hospital. I mean, look at me. I'm going to be in a hospital for at least 24 hours. And they were like, all right. So they took me and dropped me off kind of by the border. But there's this crazy line. I was like, well, fuck the line. I just walked past everybody. And I was about to walk past into the, the States. And one of the guys at the border was like, where are you going, you know? And I was like, I, I just, I need to get home. And he's like, if you take one more step, I'm going to arrest you. I was like, if you arrest me, are you taking me to American jail or Mexican jail? And he says, American jail. So I go, yes. Right now. Arrest me right now. Please. So the guy pulls me to the side and he's like, what's going on, man? And I'm like, I am covered in blood. And I'm like, look at me, dude. Like I got beaten left for dead. And like, I've been in a Mexican jail for three days, you know? And he's like, well, all right, tell me where you were born. I was like, born in fucking California, man. <laughs> He's like, all right. <laughs> Listen to my ahead. exit, man. <laughs> yeah. He's like, go ahead. So I, I uh, flagged down a cab and take uh, the cab to my car. And I knew I had, like, money I had stashed in my car before I went to Mexico. And so I'm like, I don't have the money to pay you. Hang on one second. Let me get into my car. My keys are gone because I rock. find a smash to get in. And the taxi driver's like, like no no it's cool man like i'll just i drive you for free and i'm like i have money in here i'll pay you just hang on just my window, but it won't break so he's just like no no it's bueno and he just drove off and like, <laughs> just like break my window but yeah man it, it uh it was the it was like the worst three days of my life i just sat there and like prayed and like getting out of it felt like a real miraculous moment like it really i, I if you would ask me in that moment uh, if I believed in God, I would have told you 100% God exists and, and loves me. And it was uh, a moment that really turned my life around. Um, you know, it fucking sucked. It was it was the worst. But uh, but that moment of getting out of there uh, changed me for the better. Wow, wow. that's nuts. Man. I'm so happy you're with us, man. Yeah. man me too. Yeah, on this earth, I mean, not just here, but on this <laughs> yeah. earth. Like, this is so cool. It, it sucks. I mean, people want to hear the Mexican jail story, but it's not funny at all. It just sucks. Oh, that's you know? <laughs> oh, a great story. <laughs> it's wild. Fuck. 
Yeah, Mandy, five stars. <laughs> Great movie. Great movie. Was there anything else about this movie that you guys wanted to bring up or talk about before we kind of move on, move on into the headcanon and, and kind of close out the episode? I liked when Nicolas Cage got to the he got to the final boss battle. Oh, yeah. The, underneath like the, the What's the guy's name again? Brother Arno, Jeremiah Sand. He gets a Jeremiah and he gets him on his knees. And yeah, like, and he's he like, like, I'll, I'll up, suck your, I'll suck your dick, man. It's like out of menace, menace to society style. It's like yeah. I got these cheeseburgers. Yeah, <laughs> I got these Christian cheeseburgers. I'll give you. <laughs> it was just like so weird. It, like played to like like you said like earlier, Corey. Like his like fragile, his fragile, fragile ego. Like yeah, just like if 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 you like test him at all, like when he's either exposed, you know, or. It, amongst his people or physically yeah. or just like or just like you, you, yeah you put a gun to his head or something like he, he just crumbles well and and i almost wonder about nicholas cage's character as like as much as the protagonist as he was and he was like obviously the hero of the story he also like everything he did was based on his like the way he saw mandy and i don't know maybe not his ownership of mandy but like he did like over the course of the movie. He like does the drugs that the 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 demon bikers do, and he like kind of he, he kind of turns into these demon bikers on this quest for vengeance, and it's like all in the name of Mandy, who I don't know if she would have asked that of him. So it's it like it's like his own quest for vengeance in the name of Mandy, but I don't know that she would approve of it. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? It makes sense. I I, I think I might disagree with you, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think she... I never do. She uh, likes the, the storm in him, you know? Mm-hmm. I think she would have been uh, in, in support of that. I think she liked that he's, like, this badass protector dude that would do that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, at the beginning of the movie, I, I felt bad for their, for their relationship because it seemed like they were just floating. Yeah. Like, or coasting. But like, really, like, they're just so. In, 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 this is my opinion: is that they're just so in tune with each other. Like, they don't even need to like speak to one another. Like, everything that that they both like the exact same thing at the exact same time, and like to spend that much time together, where it's, they just like sit in silence. They, they, they do seem like silent, introspective people. Like when she's like laughing at the dude, like she's just like, you have no idea like who the fuck you're messing with, mm-hmm. you know? Right. My husband can make pewter axes that will just chop into <laughs> all of you folks. Based on the Celtic Frost F, yeah. Right, and the stuff with his friend where he goes to get the crossbow and stuff, I think that implies a history that Mandy would be aware of. You know, yeah. I think Mandy was aware yes. of, of his history of whatever he did that involved <laughs> killing people with a crossbow. Yeah, right. that was weird. It wasn't like thought of... You know what they took on? Because I love that he like he did sort of like he became like with the black skull, you know. Yeah. The same thing. It reminded me. You know, while I was watching it, it reminded me of Twenty Eight Days Later, the zombie movie, where like at the end of it, they're in like the the the, the army compound, and like he kind of becomes the Peaky Blinders guy, becomes like <laughs> Silly becomes zombie ish, you know. Yeah. He's like ru- running amongst them, you know, like he's got like blood all over him, and gone. This like, is like, like, like a Wolverine story. Yeah. You know, like Wolverine, like finds yeah. love and love gets killed all the time. 
So, yes. like, the, the moments where he's with his partner and they're just in love and having these sweet moments, he's capable of that. But the him is thriving in the chaos and murder. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's who Nicolas Cage is. Right. And he just had some good years with Mandy when he was being a, a lumberjack and shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> he was the chaotic cage tiger, and he kept the tiger in the cage for her. But then once she's gone... You gotta let the tiger out of the cage. <laughs> Go, baby. It's time to birth yeah. time. Right. Yep. And the chemist recognized that. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Where did right. that fucking tiger go, man? That was super irresponsible for like a exotic animal. <laughs> for the whole community. In the woods in Portland, dude. It's just a prowling tiger. <laughs> it took one dude to walk into his lab and he's just like, I gotta let this tiger go. <laughs> was, Who, he didn't even say How anything. Much was that tiger? He just walked in there that and mean, stood there. That tiger was like seven packages to the black skulls. Like that's that's how much that tiger was worth. <laughs> Perspective. That tiger. That tiger was forty thousand soups. Okay. <laughs> well, forty thousand soups. Holy That's a shit! Blowjobs. That's like twenty thousand blowjobs to buy a tiger. <laughs> <laughs> That's stuff that happens when you're into like like more meth than LSD. You do a lot of LSD, you don't wake up and there's a tiger. You do a lot of meth and it's like, yeah, man, I got this tiger. You know what I mean? <laughs> Let's call the tiger guy. I did meth with these guys once and they sat out and like talked up a plan to steal rocket launchers from a military base. And like, I was like, this is, this, this is not the life for me, man. Like, I am not cool with this. <laughs> well, do you guys... Do you guys have any other thoughts before we move into the uh, the head cannon for this movie? I think everybody needs to have the emergency bottle of vodka. Like, yes. you got to have the plastic handle. I... It's got to be shit vodka. Yeah. And just yeah. keep it just in case. Yeah, I he's, do. He was like holding his throat. Do you remember that? Like he's holding his throat yeah. trying yeah. to choke it. Like like he had this like he's going to push it down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm Watching that moment, I'm just like this movie is this is Oscar shit right Yeah. Here. It's so good. He's just there in his tidy whities like sucking down the vodka. <laughs> that's that that injury he sustained by that magical that magical um D and D blade. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. I was expecting some sort of like soldering, like like he's gonna he's I don't know, cauterize like it or something like that. But there was like nothing. No. <laughs> this is so, what like, I, he was like <laughs> I've done all these like interviews with people about like like people in newspapers and shit about my paintings and stuff, and everybody wants to know about my process because I paint these like sad men all the time. They're like, I feel like you're painting your pain and all of this, you know. And I feel like I let them down because I'm just having a nice time making a painting. Right. But I feel like what they want my experience to be is like Nicolas Cage in that bathroom. I'm sobbing. <laughs> Pounding a handle of vodka, just, uh, you know what I mean? Right, like putting, putting it on canvas, like ah, oh, I'm painting my pain. Right, and in reality, I'm sitting in my like my shed watching workaholics, like smoking weed, <laughs> yeah. painting a cool dude that I like, you know? Like, I love that. <laughs> Is that your response to them? Do you like say like? Like, what do you say when they say that? Yeah, man, in, that. in the movie, there's this whole thing about it where I'm just like, I'm okay. just dude. Like, I'm never yeah. in a bad mood if I'm painting. Like, I'm in a bad mood if I'm not doing anything. You know, if I have the yeah. motivation to get out there and try and do something, you still got some hope if you're still making shit. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah for sure. 
Nice. Well, I'll, I'll go ahead and share uh, kind of my head head canon about this movie. I'll let you guys go ahead and do yours. I'll go first. My head canon is that they like all of this tragedy happens, whatever, and then they kind of move out of this cabin. This cabin's abandoned, and then me and my family we move into this cabin out in the woods, and we don't we have no knowledge of any of this, and we're just kind of hanging out there having a good time in this cabin in the woods. But then like occasionally we'll get like weird, you know, lights in the middle of the night or weird like vibes from Mandy or Nicholas Cage's character as we're there in the middle of the night. That's my head cannon. Anthony, do you want to go or do you want me to go? I got nothing, man. All I got is that I hope that the, the cheddar goblin is, is to Panos what red apple cigarettes are to Quentin Tarantino. We get to see like the next film set it in the nineties. I want to see the cheddar goblin ad campaign change throughout the years. You know yes. what I mean? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I was thinking, Oh, if I had to think of one, honestly, yeah, this is such a good night. Um, so mine, mine has changed a couple times, but I was thinking that the chemist he lives, right? He's lived. He's, he lives through the night. Yeah. So is Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage drives off. You don't see where he goes, but he becomes he becomes a, um, a law enforcement agent. He starts off. He starts off in a prison, in a jail. He works his way up to sheriff, and then eventually he gets a job like uh, the FBI. And the chemist emails him and says, "I've I've come up with this new." this this new in um this recipe vx poison gas god damn it yeah <laughs> and there you go that's the continuation is then nicholas cage what? is is then it, it, it pushes him into and this is the california flavor for you anthony right into san francisco the san francisco area you know is this is right this into tying rock. this into con air is that what's going on here I was thinking The Rock. Or The Rock. Okay, I knew I knew yeah. it was another Nicolas Cage movie. The chemist creates the VX poison gas that is used in The Rock. <laughs> what if he's like the guy that uh, that invents fentanyl? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> that's, that's his legacy. West blocked you on Twitter. He's he hasn't stopped himself from being tagged by anybody, so I just used to tag him in dumbass shit all the time. Like on the regular, I tag him in a dumb picture, and I just post like, "Hey, lesson of the day: you can tag Kanye West in any picture you want." And after about the third one, he blocked me, and it broke my heart. Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> See, I was, I was, I followed a uh, Talib Kweli. And he followed me for a while. Uh, you oh, know. that's sweet. I love him. Yeah. Tell him, before he got kicked off of Twitter, we followed each other. That was fun. And then, let's see. I got blocked by Chuck Woolery. 
which was that was interesting. Wait, who's that guy? I want to know what name. He was uh, the host on uh, Love Connection. Yeah. Yes, okay. Full on tinfoil hat, Alex Jones MAGA style. Yeah. And he left Twitter because he was all anti-COVID, and then his son got real sick with COVID, and he just disappeared from public life. I yeah. hope he's doing well, man. I hope he's like turned it all around, and he's like telling all his friends like to get the vaccine. And yeah, you know what I, I mean? had it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I'm happy that there have been more videos of people doing that, actually, lately. <laughs> like, from their fucking hospital beds, like, I thought I wasn't real. Like, right. shit, my fault. Like, God I'm damn it, yeah. Yeah, that one woman who, uh, like, her last words were to get her kids vaccinated because she was all anti-vaccine, died of COVID. She's like, somebody vaccinate my kids. Yeah. Sad. Yeah, it's yeah, sad. for sure. Yeah, that shit's depressing. And they I don't offer you a last sympathy. meal that's any good in the fucking hospital jail. <laughs> I Dude, you're, off, you're, you're, eating off the, you're eating off the brat menu, right? The <laughs> bananas, rice. <laughs> yeah, you don't get a death row last meal. Yeah. <laughs> God I'm damn it, Brent. I've been way into conspiracies before in my life. I was anti-moon landing guy for a while. Because, like, I swear some of those photos were faked. And I, I just think it's management of some of the photos and stuff that they shared. But uh, I was super anti-Moonland. Like, I get it. I, I sympathize with people who believe stupid shit. Like, right, yeah. I feel bad for <laughs> Shit. Next week, we're covering the 1981 movie An American Werewolf in London. So make sure to check that out before next week. And as always, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You can find us at head cannon pod and you can also find us on twitter at horror movie pod or the subreddit r slash horror movie pod well anthony is there anything else you'd like to plug or mention before we uh, we sign off here no nah, you know if people want to listen to my music they can just google octopus cave man yeah go watch the documentary if you want to see a thing about art yeah. If you like painting, you can buy a painting from me. Just, you know, Google me. I'm out there. Or don't, <laughs> yeah. you know, just have a nice day. Right, Try and yeah. do that. <laughs> and, and more than more than anything, I'm just going to, again, we need to get the slurs out of pornography. Come yeah. on. Yeah. That's, That's your platform this time talking to us. <laughs> it is. When you, when you run for the governor of California. Because you had this, like, whole, you had this whole platform you were running on. Just, oh, my God. Yeah, well, I wasn't I'm expecting any of that shit because I'd never met you before. <laughs> Man, it's wild. That guy's getting recalled now. Like, I, yeah. I had to stop that joke because people were taking me seriously, and it was getting weird. And I was like, very convincing. Not... Yeah. yeah. Well, it's Poe's Law, man. Poe's Law. Like, yeah, shit's crazy. I got flagged every day by Twitter. I would get these emails saying, you know, some users have expressed some worry that you are uh, capable of committing self-harm. Every day, I got flagged on Twitter by people thinking I'd lost my mind and that I was going to kill myself because I was posting these wild videos running for governor. <laughs> and like, I had to post a serious video and be like, look, this is just me having a fun time. It's all just a joke. You know, still it continued. And wow. that didn't even kill the joke for me. It was still fun for me until the people started taking me seriously and being like, we got to dump this guy. Like, let's get this guy in. Like, no, do not. Not me. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Take down Gavin. We need we need Governor Octopus Caveman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's Shit. amazing. 
right. Well, thanks for coming on, man. It's been a blast. It's been a, a, a good yeah. time, good time covering this episode. And, um, yeah, we'll definitely have you back. And this has been head cannon. Ah! Oh,